This is the Are You Screw podcast. 12 to 3 is going to be an entire stadium of sad drunks at Rutgers Stadium. How is that different than usual? <laughs> They're usually a little more sober. I don't think so, man. Adam. I don't know why. I just turn down to my seat and just start ripping the cushion. <laughs> Mike. Like the top of a metal trash can with feces rubbed all over it and just like a football in there. Max. I'm not saying that I don't suck. Okay, I'm just saying that you suck. <laughs> the Are You Screw podcast. At some point, you hit the bottom, right? Hey, everybody. Another episode of the Are You Screw podcast. You are eating the microphone. The best Rucker sports podcast <laughs> in all the land. Do not eat my microphone, please. This microphone cannot handle my enthusiasm. We're the Are You Screw pod partnered with the night report Rutgers rivals move that mic back to me don't take it away from me do not take it away from me i'm mike alongside adam i'm going this is going to suck to edit because you were just yelling into the microphone right now with max this is episode 19 we are recording this thing on february 10th and uh guys it's good to be back we had the we had our special emergency pod last weekend where we had to break down the Rutgers uh, sports report that was written and told us absolutely nothing. Now we can talk about something else. Recruiting, recruiting. Everybody is excited for that. We've uh, we've been saying for a while since uh, we joined up with the Night Report guys that eventually we'd get some of their experts on, and uh, you'll hear from uh, inside uh, recruiting analyst uh, Ryan uh, Patty uh, who who is uh, insightful into uh, this year's recruiting class for Chris Ash, and he breaks that down. So you'll get to hear that in, in a little bit. Um, but I guess we're kind of – so we taped that last episode, yeah, the Athletics Report, uh, right before uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So how is how is everybody's uh, Super Bowl? Can I Just before we go on, I want to say that Max is recording this via remote, and right now his feed looks like he's actually one of the bloggers in his mom's basement that Mike Wilbon talks about. So I just wanted that noted on the record. Anyway, Max, how's your Super Bowl? Uh, it is it is it is uh, duly noted. Something I wanted to ask first before we got into that. So we've talked about getting uh, the listeners involved a little bit more with the podcast, and we tend to have a lot of ideas that we don't follow through on. And so what I was thinking was that the easiest, laziest way to get listeners involved more is to just make some more like polls based on the things that we've done. And we've done a little bit in the past, like when we asked which is the worst Rutgers football team. But I think the easiest, laziest way for this podcast to get the listeners more involved is to start like asking questions um, based on the things that we're talking about. So this conversation about the Super Bowl that are we going to get to, I think we'll have a question that we'll be able to pose to the listeners. What do you guys think about that? I'm down. I'm down. Plus, that's way easier than one of Mike's ideas where we talk about how something could be implemented and we're like, oh, this is impossible because Mike came up with this idea. My ideas will make us better and more popular. Your ideas will just be easier for us to execute. Right. And there is nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) The RD Screw Pod, the path of least resistance. Yeah, I think that should be our tagline. I'm good with that. Okay. So how was, Mike, how was your Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, man, I was, it didn't have wings. Is that okay? What didn't have wings? The party didn't have wings. Is that okay? Can you go to a party and not have wings? A Super Bowl party. 
uh, I I would be I, I'd be frustrated, a little a little angry, yeah, a little perturbed if if some if I go to somebody's place or somebody was hosting. I assume wasn't you? Yeah, yeah hosting. it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Okay, yeah, I'd be annoyed. Like I went to uh, of of friend parents of a friend, and like. They did Buffalo Wild Wings. Now I'm not not a, not a huge fan. We'll take your money again. Plug there again. We're still looking for sponsors. Um, so yeah, you, you got to have wings at a Super Bowl party, Max. It is just inexplicable. That is like number one staple Super Bowl party food, probably. My biggest issue with Mike is that he he gets to this party and he doesn't have wings. And instead of remedying this, the problem by just ordering wings, he just goes to our text chain and complains to us. Like order wings, man. What I love about Max is that he's always fast to victim blame. So I know I can always get that from him. Uh, I thought, you know, you want to have some sense of decorum when you go to someone's house, right? He had a, Where I was, it was a very nice Super Bowl party. I enjoyed it thoroughly, other than the Super Bowl itself, which sucked. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to someone's home and you ask if you should bring anything, they say no. It might be a bit much to just impose and unilaterally order wings. Not to mention, ordering wings at like 6.30 on Super Bowl Sunday probably won't get you anywhere. Like upstate Buffalo, what is it, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings? Like probably ran out of Wild Wings at that point. First of all, why'd you make it upstate Buffalo Wild Wings? What was that? Because in my head, in my head, I want to go along with um, my my plan to never drop like actual brand names into this podcast. So I was going to just like call like Upstate New York Wings, but then I kind of just broke. I believe that if a friend is inviting you into their home and they're having a Super Bowl party and they do not have wings, that if they're really your friends, they're not going to care if you order wings from that point, you're right. It would probably be unsuccessful, but I think you got to try rather than complain. Like Mike, if you're ever at my place and you want wings, it can be the Super Bowl, It can be Memorial day. It could be like a, a one-year-old's birthday party. If you want like whatever you could order wings whenever you want. Like I give you permission. Well, you don't stand on ceremony. I know that you're wearing an Alabama t-shirt for a Rutgers podcast. Like you just do whatever the fuck. You don't care. I get that. But like some people feel differently. Would you be offended if I got to your place and ordered wings ever? Depends. It, de- it depends. Oh, I was going to say it depends when. If I've made a nice dinner for you or this is a dinner party and I've put a lot of thought into the menu and I've paired the appetizers with what I think the main course should be and I've spent time laboring over it and you come over and you're like, oh, I want some wings. Let me call upstate New York wings and you order them. Yeah, I'd be kind of angry. Dude, like, I'm do I'm doing this at some point. I'm ordering wings sometime when I'm at your yeah. Well, then I'll never or I'll never invite you to any kind of dinner party. Is there any more useless food at a Super Bowl party than a veggie spread like a and like dip? Oh yeah, and I have a vegetarian wife, and I think it's useless. I'd rather her be cranky. The thing is that the vegetables serve as a delivery device for the dressing. Like, you can't just eat spoonfuls of... Chips. That's what chips are for. You dip chips in ranch dressing? Yeah, you put some chips in, in like, hummus, right? Like, what comes with a veggie platter? Like, hummus. Sometimes it's, like, ranch dressing. That's You use chips for that. I'm with, I'm with Mike. Just make, like, a great... Super Bowl party food is one of those buffalo chicken dips. Yes. And there was buffalo chicken dip there, and I was very happy about that. And, like, celery is one of the trash foods of all time. I don't care if you're using it to deliver hummus or ranch into your mouth. 
just use something else. Okay, so I think we should ask a couple of questions, uh, poll questions based on this. Number one, is it okay to order wings uh, if there's no wings at a Super Bowl party? Number two, uh, is it weird to dip chips in ranch dressing? Because I think that's really weird. I've never thought of that before. I'm pretty sure that's like a very, like uh, maybe one of those sour cream dressings. I don't yeah. know. I, I've dipped chips in like weird of course. shit before. And like, why would I want to voluntarily eat celery? Like celery is disgusting, right? Because it's usually celery and carrots. You don't like carrots? I mean, carrots are fine, but I like chips better. Like Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday is the one time where everyone is somehow like legally obligated to be gluttonous and eat the worst food possible. And you want me to eat celery and carrots and dip that into hummus? Come on, get get out of here. Well, well, Adam, at your tailgate for football games, do you do you guys have any vegetables? I, I've never noticed them before. I don't know if you you have the, the the dip out there. So a little tailgate trick: somebody always brings one. Like week one, it is the same spread by like week eleven. I'm telling you. Nobody has even, it's like, oh, those look like the same amount of carrots that we had like you just recycle? three home games ago when it was 80 <laughs> degrees and it's now 45 degrees out. Like, yeah, like, of course nobody it. wants the veggie dip at a tailgate in the, in the spread. Come on, it's horrible. Come to Adam's family tailgate if you'd like to get botulism. <laughs> if you're looking to lose a little weight, we've got some vegetables for you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, all right. So it seems like everybody's Super Bowl was eh. I mean, like the game itself was Anybody win boxes out of the three of us or any type of fun prop bets? Uh, I didn't play boxes, no. I, I actually, I bet on all the Rutgers guys uh, to win MVP. They were all, uh, McC- Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, and Deron Harmon were, were all between like 150 to 1 and 200 to 1. And, you know, there was some time near the end of that game where it was a pick six away from happening, right? Because if that happened, the defensive guy would have won the MVP. Um, I mean, Jason McCourty made that play. That arguably should have been in contention for made him in contention for MVP. I think that would have been that would have been pretty sweet. I think I put ten each on uh, on each of them. It would have been fifteen hundred bucks. Um, I, you know that would have been my money. I wouldn't have spent that on the podcast or anything, but it would have been fun for me. So all right, so everybody kind of had a so so Super Bowl Sunday. I had wings. Yeah, I had wings too. So two out of three of us had a way better Super Bowl party than Mike, which is great. So we will. Uh, We'll get those poll questions up, and we'll get see if anybody uh, uh, agrees or disagrees uh, with Mike and or Mac, Max. Really, but I, I'm kind of on Max's side. I'm I'm fine with you ordering if you if you are a trash like menu creator for Super Bowl Sunday, uh, whatever. You should be embarrassed anyway. I'm, can I can I order wings next time we have uh, this podcast at your house? Sure, but the point is to like share them. It's not like you're only ordering them for you. Oh, so now you're imposing limits on me. That, that's not a limit. That's just being courteous and doing the right thing. I want wings. Let me just order them for myself. Get a dozen. All right. Well, we'll figure that out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, bigger question, kind of dagger to the heart maybe of us who have talked about it in the past, um, is uh, in Rutgers news, uh, Greg Schiano. Well, kind of Rutgers news because uh, Rutgers North, the Patriots and Bill Belichick have hired uh, Greg to be the defensive coordinator. Um, Max, does this put the uh, the dagger in the heart of people who are bring Greg back if Chris Ash uh, cannot improve the program. Uh, I hate to say it, but I, but I think it does. Because, like, look at it this way. So he, left, he leaves Rutgers in 2011, right? He goes, he coaches in the NFL for two years. Um, he takes two years off after he gets fired and gets all that money. He then goes and coaches at Ohio State for three years, which is basically like coaching in the NFL. And now he's going to go be the defensive coordinator of the Patriots – 
six-time Super Bowl champions, and then he's going to go back to Rutgers. I just don't see that happening. In fact, I've been thinking about it. What do you guys think of this? I think he's going to get another chance as an NFL head coach. I think that the I think that the the magic of Bill Belichick, he can sprinkle like whatever Bill Belichick magic powder that he has on Shiano and people be like, "Oh, you know, Bill Belichick struggled in his first NFL coaching job. Let's go get his understudy, Greg Shiano." Can can I even make a crazier prediction that Bill Belichick in like two to three years retires and it's Greg Schiano taking over oh as God. Patriots head coach, Max. Can you buy that crazy scenario? You know what? I thought about that, but isn't Josh McDaniels the coach in waiting in New England? I mean, we don't know that for sure. Yeah. We yeah, don't know where he's going to be in two to three years. Yeah, I guess I, I, I should have thrown a caveat in there that McDaniels has to leave. So again, okay. No, okay. Yeah, no yeah. just run that, uh, re- that re- conspiracy theory. Rewind noise. Okay, Josh McDaniels, gone. Greg Schiano still there two years from now. Head coach, Greg Schiano, New England Patriots. I can see it. All right. All right, that, 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 that's fair. Uh, Mike, any more thoughts on Greg? I don't think he's going to be the Patriots head coach. I don't know, man. I don't. I would be surprised if he forget the Patriots. That that was just fun. I don't think he gets another NFL head coaching opportunity. I would be really surprised. I guess. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think that he probably at this point has a better chance of being an NFL head coach than a high level college coach. I would assume based on like the blowback that Tennessee faced when they tried to hire him and kind of the, the public smearing of him yeah, as Max, that went on. What, Max, what's more likely, NFL head coaching opportunity for Shiano or he comes back to Rutgers within the next, let's put it at three to four years? No, I, I convinced myself this morning he is going to get another NFL head coaching job. Like, teams are, like, do you understand if you stand next to Bill Belichick, you'll get an NFL head coaching job. And he's going to go there, and there's going to be some owner out there. It'll probably be like the Browns or something. We're like, oh, wait a minute. Bill Belichick failed his first time, and Belichick loves this guy. Like, look at what happened with Sean McVay. If you so much as, like, met Sean McVay, you got an NFL head coaching job this year. Bill Bill Belichick will get Greg Schiano another NFL coaching job. I will. I'm making the prediction right now. I'm owning it. I made it first. Adam, I know you kind of came in after me and made it, but I'm declaring that mine. That is my prediction. Where? What about in a in a year from now? Say Chris Ash wins four games. That's a three game improvement on this past season, and it is basically back to where he was two years from then. Greg Schiano, DC of the Patriots, is he the next Rutgers coach? Then no, because Chris Ash won't get fired if he wins four games. You don't think so? No, no. If if Greg Schiano kind of like behind the scenes is all like, hey. I'm up for this. I'm ready to retake my throne. But Mike, the the Patriots. This would be like this would be Bill O'Brien part two without a crazy scenario in terms of a college coach taking over. Like Bill Belichick, if I recall correctly, really doesn't allow his coaches to leave early. And the Patriots season he doesn't allow them to leave early. They sign a contract. Bill Bell. I I do not think that if they are again in a spot that we all think they'll be next year in New England. In the postseason, trying to go for yeah, another but you can Super Bowl. you can like come to an agreement behind the scenes on being the head coach. Like you got to put a staff together and let them do the work. That's it's different. Like I if that's it. the guy you want, I I'm wait I'm willing to wait a month. Uh, okay, two months. Uh, I don't know. I think I don't I don't agree. I don't think that that's gonna happen. 
I think I'm with Max. I think if he took a position coaching spot and not D coordinator, I could have seen that argument. Like if he would have been cornerbacks coach or linebacker coach under Bill Belichick for a year, like maybe. But I think you have text message. I do. I meant to put my phone on silent after that. Or maybe it was like that's the ding of like times up. We're kind of we're kind of let's take it as that. No, but wait, you guys are missing the main you guys are missing the main problem with Shiano. And you can't see me because this isn't a visual medium, but I'm doing the Money Manziel thing. The same problems still apply to Rutgers. Like, wh- they're going to fire Chris Ash and then pay for that and then pay for Greg Schiano. Like, I I don't know how the math with that would, would work. That's obviously a discussion we've had before. But forget all the NFL rules about guys leaving midseason. I don't think Rutgers could afford Greg Schiano. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, that's actually a legitimate reason. Yeah, just borrow, borrow more money. Though, we would... It'd be cool to see him back. Uh, I don't know if he's learned anything since his recruiting days at Rutgers. Uh, and that, that was true. Remember, uh, Mike, you weren't here for this. Nope. Um, when Jamal Westerman came over uh, to, to my home and was talking about Max and I, he had a great uh, recruiting story with, with about Chiano and how he even uh, got him to commit to Rutgers. <laughs> It gets me in the room, he, kind of, he hits like the Cociano mind meld on me. Like he just got me. I'm sitting there, he's like, I'm like, yeah, you know, so I like the visit. He's like, oh, so you like it. Can you see yourself playing here? Had my script, like I can really see myself playing here, coach. But I want to get home to my family to really make my decision. Because you want to take your visits, man. You want to see the world. You want to see the different places. I think I was going to, I want to say it was Michigan State. I was at my last visit where they came in late. And they were like, hey, we want you to come out to campus. So I get in the room with him. He's like, all right, cool. I said, you know, thank you. And I kind of turned my back. And he's on the phone with my mom. Now, I don't know how he dialed that number <laughs> yeah. so quick. He said, Miss Westerman, Jamal wants to tell you something. So I'm like, I mean, hey, mom, sure, how you doing? Up. He said, oh, so you're going to Rutgers, huh? I'm like, and I look over at Coach Shiano, and he always had this smile. He's just looking at me with this smile. He says, he does the head nod up and down. And I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm going to Rutgers. I'm like, oh, I hang up the phone. He's like, I knew you made the right decision. Oh. And I left the room, I'm like, what just happened? I'm going to Rutgers. I'm, I'm going to... Hey, Mama, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Rutgers. She's like, oh, I thought you were going to wait. I'm like, it just felt right, I guess. He, he, he made it feel right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a great story. And, like, that's why I want Chiano back, is what Jamal Westerman just said, right? Like, that's why you want that guy back. Here's my thought. Rutgers, the, uh, the university, excuses the loans that the athletic department had, just as that athletics report says. And in return... The athletic department then borrows more money to pay Greg Schiano. Let's keep this cycle going. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that was, uh, again, uh, if you haven't listened to the full Jamal Westerman episode, uh, go and do that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, National Signing Day just wrapped up uh, last week, like the the real one. There's also the early one now. I don't know. Recruiting itself is just a freaking disaster and tough to follow. But our friends at the Night Report, they do a very good job uh, with all that information. Um, so we wanted to get somebody on who kind of knew their uh, their shit about this recruiting class and what Chris Ash has done and what he has put together. So we par- uh, we talked to uh, recruiting insider uh, Ryan Patty uh, from Rivals, uh, who gave us um, some more insight into this recruiting class. We purposely uh, left Max out of the interview. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. All right, as we promised uh, when we announced it a couple weeks ago with our partnership with uh, with the Night Report and the Rivals guys, that we would make sure that everybody who was clamoring for uh, the three of us to make sure we knew exactly what was going on and to get the inside scoop, that we would we would get to talk 
um, to the experts. And that's what we're going to do right now with uh, wrapping up National Signing Day, which happened uh, last week. Uh, Ryan Patty, a recruiting insider for Rivals, uh, joins the Are You Screw uh, podcast. This is, I feel very official right now, uh, Ryan, doing this. We are, the people have been clamoring on message boards. They made fun of us from day one saying we don't know anything. So you are here to kind of teach us everything in like a 10-minute spot. That sound good to you? Sounds good. I'll show you guys the ropes. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, and hopefully by the end of this, our audience will know something. We will remain ignorant, though. I think that that that's the underlying theme of this podcast. Maybe by the end we'll get a nice little like ranking, like a you know the way you guys. Can you do rank it. us by the end of this podcast in terms of just like kind of recruiting rankings? Just the I three of try. us when we're done. I can yeah. try. I like it. So so Ryan, uh, let's go back to last week, National Signing Day. I, it's obviously a little bit different now with the early signing period, and this was more the traditional signing day that just passed. So overall for Rutgers, Chris Ash and the program, can you kind of surmise what happened? Uh, between the two signing days and where they stand now with this recruiting class? I think with what happened this past signing day, uh, Rutgers fans should be very optimistic. You know, there was a lot of speculation on whether uh, Zamar Wise would sign or not, and and that got done on Wednesday. Um, You look at Brian Ogwu, you know, he was a kid that kind of bounced around. Is he going to go to Louisville or Pittsburgh or uh, Temple, and he finally, he always expressed interest in wanting to play for Rutgers. They were filled up at linebacker. Um, I don't know if they're going to have him play the jack position or even running back. I think it's probably going to be the jack position, if you had to ask me. But um, he can play both. I mean, I saw him play against Delaware Valley back in the fall, and now Delaware Valley is not great competition, but he was all over the field on both ends. I think that's probably their best pickup of the class. And then you get Stanley King, who was lobbying about going to Rutgers. This was back probably during the summer. I would say he was most high on Rutgers uh, with Stanley King. And then they pick up Darius Gooden, um, uh, corner out of uh, Newark. So I think this has got to be a, a good day for Rutgers. And I think it was two weeks ago they got the uh, kid from New York, the defensive tackle. So uh, it's, it's been a good new year so far for Rutgers. I think you have to be pretty optimistic. So uh, you mentioned it's good. Uh, you know, how does that happen? How does it that they put together what you think is a good class um, coming off of a season where they went one and 11 in Chris Ash's third year, which would seemingly be a position of weakness in recruiting? How did this class come together and, and come off? You know, it seems like not bad. I think um, at first you had a lot of the kids decommit uh, in the fall when when Rutgers was going on that on that bad stretch after the Texas State game. But um they started to pull together at the end, and then a lot of recruits, I would say, looked at the program as a whole and said, hey, you know, they hung around with a, a lot of those teams late uh, in the season. Um, the first signing day, you know, they got a couple pickups. Uh, they got Devin Baldwin, uh, you know, Isaiah Washington, um, Amari Cooper, a couple of JUCO guys. But I think this one, I mean, Stanley King is a the guy they've wanted since the summer. Uh, Brian Ugu, like I said, they've wanted him. And to get Zamar Wise locked up, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Wise. I don't know if he's going to play quarterback. I don't know if he's going to play receiver. That's kind of up in the air. But he's a terrific athlete nonetheless. I've seen him play as well. He was running kicks for touchdowns at the game I was at. So um, I think the, the later it went, the better the class got. Because you got a lot of guys that didn't have homes at first um, finally find their home in Rutgers. Um, you know, a lot of those kids get pushed back. A lot of... Uh, stuff out of their control happens uh, during the recruiting process. So they have to sign on the later signing day, but it, it worked out for Rutgers here, I think. 
What do you think was the biggest focus uh, position-wise for Chris Ash and, and his team? I, it seemed like the wide receiver, you know, position was a big focus this year. I know they were hard at trying to get a, you know, to shore up the defensive line, saying there's some worries about the O line for for various reasons. So, was this staff kind of zooming in on, on one particular position going into this recruiting cycle? I think that Coach Ash was definitely focused on the trenches. Like you said, um, they got the receiver pickups they wanted. They got Montario Hunt. They got Stanley King. And they got Washington, like I said. But I think they focused a lot on the trenches, um, especially because they had the the kids transfer out on the O-line. So um, I think Amari Cooper is going to be a guy that they can plug in right away. Junior college kid out of San Diego, Mesa Community College. I think that he's going to be a a pretty good uh, addition there. Um, and I, th- I didn't know much about the defensive tackle that they picked up, uh, Rayon Buell, but um, I think that he's a guy uh, that can wait along and see what happens there on the depth chart. I thought they were going to get Kyle Atkinson, um, but he ended up taking, he, they, he got blocked out pretty much. He ended up taking a, a track and field scholarship at Minnesota. So he got completely blocked out of the schools he was offered by. But I think the focus was definitely uh, on the trenches. They want to protect Artsitowski. And they want to uh, obviously get after the quarterback a little better. Will any of these guys be um, in a position to contribute next year, you think? I think the junior college guys will right away. Like I said, I look at uh, Amari Cooper. Um, he's probably going to play tackle. I think that he's a guy that, that Coach Ash is kind of leaning on to start right away. Um, although I do like uh, Aaron. I don't know how much uh, you know Aaron Young is going to get in the backfield with that workload, but um, – I think that he's he's definitely good enough to earn some carries right away. Um, I said Ogu was the best player in the class. I think that, honestly, Aaron Young is right up there with him. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a couple guys that can come in and step in right away. Uh, but the main guy, I think, is, is going to be Cooper. I think he's going to start on the offensive line for sure. So, so for those of our listeners who, and again, it's it's nice that we've got a good mix. And Ryan, who who joins us from Rivals, it seems you know those that are listening and who are, are experts on, on the message boards, and hopefully you've got uh, and have subscribed to the Met Report, and and you're on the roundtable, and you you clearly know a lot of the information here that Ryan is saying. But Ryan, we also have a, a very good you know portion of our listeners here who are not on the boards and probably aren't as plugged in on the recruiting side of things. Can you kind of wrap up? where Rutgers falls in this Big Ten recruiting cycle and, and kind of, you know, people have heard, oh, this is a good recruiting class, but then you still got to deal with the Michigans, Ohio States and the Penn States and the Michigan States of the world. So uh, reason for optimism, but being pessimistically cautious, I, I guess, too, at the same time. Yeah, like you said, I think, you know, you know, Ohio State, I mean, Ohio State and Michigan are two schools that recruit in Rutgers' territory. They go to, they get all the good kids uh, that play in the Big North, you know, the Don Bosco kids, the Bergen Catholic kids, the St. Joe's, they recruit, you know, in Rutgers' backyard. And that hurts, but um, Aaron Young, they actually got him to flip from Michigan State. He was committed to Michigan State. They flipped him from the Spartans to Rutgers. So that was, you know, a a good kind of pat yourself on the back there. They stole a a guy from Michigan State. But um, like you said, you know, it's it's so hard to compete on the recruiting trail with the Michigans and the Ohio States. Those are teams that – make BCS bowls, New Year's Six bowls every year. Um, so it's, it's, it's tough to compete with those guys. But um, Rutgers did get a couple good heads uh, in the building this, in this class. Uh, they, they should be a little optimistic for sure. So I'm looking at the boards right now. Rutgers Al, Hall of Famer, says he gives this class an A. Where, where do you stand? Is, is Al right? Or what's, what's the grade that you give for this recruiting class? 
I don't know about a, an A. I would say I would say a B. Shots plus. fired, Rutgers Al. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about an A. I, I would definitely say a B plus though, because um, I just can't give them an A for what what happened in the fall. They lost a lot of guys. Um, they probably, uh, you know, I think they they should have ended up with a tight end in this class. They they ended up with none. Uh, they lost both Devaney and Devira. Um, obviously you had to get rid of Devere because of what happened with his older brother, but, um, it, it, it kind of hurts that you don't have a tight end in this class. But, um, I, I do think that, uh, that Rutgers got a couple guys late to, to pick up that grade. If they, if they didn't get King and Ogwu and some of the guys they got, um, in the past couple weeks, it would, I would probably have it at a C or a C plus. But, um, I think with what happened, like I said, the past couple of days, past couple of weeks, um, Rutgers fans should be happy and be excited for these guys to step into the program. For those that obviously there, there's plenty of pressure on Chris Ash and uh, I think rightfully so to a certain extent, um, this class, I mean, it seems a lot of people are positive. Obviously it kind of doesn't matter until these kids get, get on the field from what you've heard around New Jersey and elsewhere where Ash is recruiting. I mean, what's the welcome like for him? What are people saying? And can he, is the belief that he can get the caliber of players that this program eventually has to get to be competitive? Well, I think the big uh, addition to the staff was Nunzio Campanelli. Um, he recruits. I mean, he this is the this is the area he knows. He knows the the uh, the Big North League. The Bergen Cap. He coached at Bergen Catholic. Coached at Don Bosco. Uh, he's been around this area, and he knows he's got a close relationship with a lot of the kids around here. So I think that if if Rutgers this year can put some wins together. Um, and to get some of these recruits to believe, I think that the relationship that Campanelli has with a lot of these kids uh, could end up bringing them over here. But I think what the kids really want to see first is is the wins, and that, like you said, falls on Chris Ash. This is this is Chris Ash's year. Um, this is his uh, class that he's got to you know get people to to believe in, to buy stock into. Um, so this is this is on Chris Ash. But the Campanelli hire helps uh, if Ash can can do his part. Who we talked about all the guys they got. Uh, obviously, a big part of recruiting is the players that you can't sign. Who's the best player you think they missed out on or were close on and just couldn't get him either to commit or to flip? That's a good question. Um, we stumped an expert. Yes, <laughs> we were going through our list and figuring out which one was going to get you eventually, Ryan. <laughs> Hold on, let me. Uh, it wasn't Justin Fields, let me, let me was think it? Think about this. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know what? A lot, a lot of the guys <laughs> on the board actually um, believe there was a chance that that they could get uh, Brandon Wimbush. Uh, I, I didn't see that happening. I didn't think that could happen. Yeah, that actually goes to my question too about the quarterback position overall. Uh, you know, talk about grad transfers or our JUCO transfer, how important and they could be to you know trying to find some competition for art behind them. I mean, you don't want it to be too young. You don't want a bunch of freshmen sitting behind them who are going to, you know, try and outbeat him. You could be in the same spot that art was in last year. So did they do a good enough job right now? And is there any chance? I don't think, right. They still have a couple technically some openings in the class or is it now officially is every spot filled? Uh, I think it's capped right now. It is capped at the, at the 25. Um, right. With the three additional, with the guys that they, I, there was some waiting on those guys that week. So I guess that's where the openings were until they kind of officially, uh, committed. Yeah. Um, but like you said, for competition for art, um, I do think that Cole Snyder is going to provide a little bit of it. Um, obviously the, you know, Johnny Langan transferring in is, is going to push him as well. 
Uh, but I do think that Art will have uh, the job uh, to at least begin the season. And I, I think, he, you know, if, if things go well, he should be able to keep it. But I do have um, the guy that I think that Rutgers missed out on a little, uh, and that's Jaden Cunningham. He's a Juco oh, defensive tackle. He committed to uh, Virginia Tech. Um, he was, he's always been high at Virginia Tech, though, so it was kind of a long shot for Rutgers. Joseph Darko as well, uh, out of Germany. He committed to Penn State. Uh, those are two defensive tackles, though. They were more long shots, but it would have been phenomenal if Rutgers could have pulled one of them in. But I'm sure they're going to be very happy with Buell, um, the guy that they picked up. So I think uh, that they should be fine there. But if, if those were uh, two uh, swings and misses that were tough, I, I would say that those, those two are the, uh, the picks there. If you're recruiting a kid in Germany and you're trying to pay him under the table, do you pay him in dollars or euros? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I would probably say uh, I would probably say dollars. I, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a little probably a little more stable right the, now. The wire transfer's got to be a little bit difficult. You got to find some some ways to. I'm just trying to, to think it. Lap. I mean, like uh, you, you got to make a preference which way you want to get paid. I, I hear you, Ryan. Last one, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. We appreciate all the insight uh, that you've given so far. Uh, what's the pitch again? One last time to to Rutgers fans. The reason for optimism relating to this recruiting class in general, and for Chris Ash moving forward. What? Why should there be hope? I think it's the guys they pulled in, and not even the recruiting class. I think it's the transfers they pulled in as well. They, I mean, Drew Singleton was a, a Michigan commit, you know, one of the best players in the state uh, in his senior year of high school. And uh, he decided to leave Michigan to come here. Obviously, he wants, you know, playing time is a big factor for him. But, um, you know, he's he was willing to come here, you know. And I think that kind of relates back to Coach Campanelli. He obviously knows him from his time at Paramus Catholic, um, you know, playing against uh, Nunzio when he was at Bergen Catholic. Um, so I think that the guys they brought in, uh, the transfers, and uh, like I said, the guys they on the recruiting class they pulled in in the past couple of weeks, the Stanley Kings, the Brian Ugwus, and, and locking up Zamar Wise, a terrific athlete. Um, so the guys, the, the latest stuff that they did is, is reason for optimism. Awesome. Nothing like talking some college football in the middle of February. So it's, uh, it, you guys have done a great job covering uh, all the classes. Uh, you guys seem to be on top of everything. Again, for those of our listeners that uh, have not done so, <clears throat> excuse me, go, go look up the night report ryan richie they do a fantastic job uh, you'll get some great info from them uh ryan thanks for uh, joining us man we'll keep uh, looking uh, for your work online absolutely thanks for having me guys all right so that was ryan he did a great job obviously thanks to him um that was really one of the benefits of us partnering with the night report is that we can bring in experts in their field to come in talk about the Rutgers recruiting class now we left max out of that conversation Max is an expert in his own right in some ways. Some people are saying. Uh, <laughs> so he has also been diligently studying this Rutgers recruiting class. Uh, he, much like Ryan, can explain to you the difference between a 3.57 recruit and a 3.33. Max, uh, I've been waiting for your thoughts on this recruiting class. And, and just can you hit us with what you thought of this class that Chris Ash brought in? Well, Mike, I wanted to start, and that's a great point right off the top uh, with the idea of a difference between a three-star recruit and a three-and-a-half-star recruit and, and kind of how the, those uh, those rankings are made. So the first guy I want to talk about is this running back, Aaron Young, out of Coatesville High School in Pennsylvania. Three-star recruit, uh, but he's really probably at least a three-and-a-half-star recruit, maybe 375 
if you want to be crazy, 3.833, uh, repeating, of course. Um, this kid runs like a rocket-fueled dynamite missile inside, outside. He'll jump over you. He'll run through you. He'll jump kick you. He will do whatever he has to to get into the end zone, and you should not be shocked if this kid ends up playing on Sundays. Wow. Quite quite the statement. Uh, I, I'm hyped. Max, uh, All what, what else you got for us, Max, on this recruiting class? Uh, well, I've got Cole Snyder, man. This kid, six foot two, 195 pounds at a Southwestern high school in Jamestown, New York. This is one of my favorite kids in the class. You really can't say enough about him. Three-star recruit, but again, I'd probably put him up at about 3.375 stars. I'll start by saying he is a sneaky athletic kid, a lot faster than you think. He's a real coach on the field, gritty kid, great attitude, uh, full of grititude. He's got the best of locker room presences. Uh, he makes his teammates better just by looking at him. Uh, he's that great of a team player. Jim Rat, first one in, last one out. Um, and by the way, I, I don't know if he plays lacrosse, but based on the name Cole Snyder, I think he might. <laughs> any other uh, any other guys really stand out to you, Max? Like break break it down for for our listeners here. It seems like you're really plugged into this uh, recruiting class. Oh, we've got Isaiah Washington, six foot three wide receiver out of Trinity Christian Academy in Jacksonville. Three-star recruit. I'd upgrade him to about 3.14159. I call him the pie man. Uh, he's got great ball skills, make a lot of catches in traffic, very raw but a hard worker. I will not be surprised if he makes a big-time impact his freshman year. What, what did you think of Anton Oskarsson, uh, three-star that Chris Ash plucked out of Sweden? I know I know you're big on these types of guys, so let me let me uh, hear your thoughts on uh, on Anton. Oh man, Anton Oskarsson, six foot five, two hundred and eighty pound tackle out of Sweden. They call this kid the Big O. Um, him and that kid Omari Cooper, the offensive tackle, another one of the recruits, they're going to have to battle over the big uh, over the nickname the Big O because if you're big and your name begins with O, your nickname has to be the Big O. Um, maybe we could call Anton Oscar Anton Oskarsson the Swedish meatball, though that doesn't really seem fair because you know six five two eighty is seems a little mean. Yeah, well, also, he's not overweight uh, based on his height and weight. Also, please don't hurt me, Anton. Like, I, I was not trying to offend you. Um, another one of these kids, you know, he's known as the first one in the facility, last one out kind of guy. Uh, the big thing that jumped out to me is obviously Rutgers' offense is what it is. It's not great. It needs a lot of work, and I'm, I'm always curious to see where the special teams class is. Well, we know they're going to punt a lot, and the punter's already pretty good. Uh, but I got this one kid. My favorite kid in the class, Chris Conti. He's six foot two, 220 pounds out of the Paul Catholic in Wayne, New Jersey. Um, you guys remember the band Fountains of Wayne? Their big song, I think their only song, was Stacy's Mom. You, you know, like Stacy's Mom has got it going on. She's all I've wanted and I've waited for so long. Um, well, this kid, he's really got it going on, just like Stacy's Mom. Faster than he's given credit for. Real nose for the ball. Very gritty. A lot of gritty kids in this class. Reminds me a lot, for some reason, of Anthony Chaffee. Um, and again, another guy who's just a real hard worker. First one in, last one out kind of guy. Uh, do you have like a, kind of a summary of the class overall, like your overall thoughts on, on Chris Ash and how he did? I mean, what, what, what else do you got? I think that he just, you know, he brought in just a lot of really hardworking players. They might have to change the hours on the Hale Center because these kids are, are working so hard um, and, and they want to come in so early and they want to leave so late. I don't know if it's open 24 hours, but if it isn't, it, it probably should be so these kids can get in and uh, do all the work that they possibly can. Listen, if 
I know anything in, in life is that you're one of those guys when it comes to recruiting. You can tell you burn the midnight oil. You are a guy pumping coffee into your veins late at night to stay up watching tape on these guys. There was one, there was actually one more kid I wanted to make sure to mention. Oh, you got one more? Well, I, I got a lot more. I don't know if we want to get to all of my analysis, but I got this kid, K. Ron Adams, five foot nine, 192 pounds, out of Harding High School in Warren, Ohio. I think he might be the steal of this class. Perfect build for a running back. Very thick. Uh, he runs like a runaway shopping cart full of hornet-infested cement with butcher knives sticking out. Tremendous upside. Do not be surprised if he pushes for playing time right away. I mean, overall, what 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 grade would you give uh, Chris Ash? Uh, we we asked that to to Ryan, um, and he he went B plus. Um, what 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 would you say? Oh, I would say it's an A plus. All of these kids are going to be great players. They're all going to be starters. Um, they got every single guy that they wanted to get the guys they didn't get they didn't want them anyway absolute a plus all right I, I again like i said we we told you guys that at some point we would go deep and and you know really kind of get to figure out what was going on with this football program i was really really close to saying we were going to go deep and hard at one point and i just and i now i just said it that so was, now you circled back to make sure that what you originally said you didn't want to say you I, actually said i wanted to admit it because i had a i started there for a second i didn't want to say it and then get pounded but <laughs> <laughs> well this actually is an opportunity to play another clip from one of our old podcasts where i made a double entendre about putting something in my mouth <laughs> the only time i had miller highlight yeah, I I just remember I drank it and I literally spit it out. Like I, I didn't try to spit. I, I I put it in my mouth and then I just spit it out. PBR's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to break that tension. PBR's not bad. All right, we're we're moving on. Uh, you heard the interstitial there moving us there. Before we go on, since this is uh, the episode where we're gonna. You know, make a bunch of polls out of these. I had a question for you guys. Um, you know, we have a very good sound engineer putting these podcasts together every week. Uh, do you know who that is, Adam? No. Uh, I, I, I was trying to give him credit. Oh, me? You're looking at me? Yeah. I mean, I, I sometimes put them together. Max sometimes helps out. You, okay. you sometimes help out. It's, we're a pretty good and team. You, you had a pretty good interstitial the other day, the, the clanging that brought us from one segment to another. Oh, the whoosh. They're, they're like, whoosh. And I was talking about this with my wife, and I was trying to figure out what that noise is. And the best idea I had was basically a heavy titanium window hitting another piece of titanium. Wait, what's a titanium window? It's a window made out of titanium. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Where do these exist? Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't wherever you make these interstitials from. I was trying to get get your guys' opinions on what you think that sound is. I I put it in because um, to me it sa- kind of sounds like like the the real night mascot when he pulls like the sword out and it kind of oh. yeah. So that that was to me I was going with it. It kind of was related to Rutgers. I in, thought it was like that. two aluminum boards hitting each other. I feel like the sword coming out would make more of like a like it, there's a specific noise when a sword is unsheathed. It's more of like a whoosh than a. Well, why don't we try to find that? Let's try to find a sword being unsheathed for the for this pot. All right. Well, that noise will lead us into uh, our next uh, topic right now, which is uh, Rutgers basketball. 
last time we <laughs> talked about Steve Peichel and uh, the basketball team, I think uh, they were on that three-game win streak uh, after beating Indiana. They have since dropped uh, three now. Um, but we're still kind of being entertained, Max. Like, this is, you know, we're coming off of really uh, the Illinois game on, on Saturday, an overtime loss uh, will forever be known uh, in the annals. The what? Of uh, the Caleb McConnell game. I think it's annals. I know. I that's you, Neither of you have gotten that joke. No. Forget <laughs> it. This will be known as the Caleb McConnell game. Oh, God. You guys got to watch funnier radio clips sometimes. The best. The, it is, there, is the, there is the best uh, Mike the Mad Dog clip where. Yeah, that explains why I don't listen to it. Yeah, yeah. so let's just move on from that. Why, should we start over? Wait. Did you hear the audio from the Super Bowl where Mike Francesa said that he didn't want to, like, promote the brands of everyone selling things at the Super Bowl? And then he subsequently had, like, 20 guys on who were all shilling, like, Old Spice or, you know, whatever product after saying that, like, he didn't want to shill any of that stuff? Uh, that's not what we're going to be about as we uh, get ready to hit uh, Atlanta. So we'll try to see what other interesting things we can kind of hook on to. A buddy of mine turned me on to this product. I tried it for like three or four months, and I noticed a difference, and I've been taking it ever since. And they just line up and hawk products. Well, you know we're not very much into that stuff, so. X-Tech, you wear these, you wear these guys yet? Man, yeah, man I, I switched out my pads last year. And they just line up and hawk products. Well, you know we're not very much into that stuff, so. What do you got going on now? Okay, today I'm partnering with uh, Genesis. Um, I got to drive this car for about two weeks. It's man. a nice-looking car. It's a G70. It's a nice-looking car. They got car. G80s, G90s. And they just line up and hawk products. Well, you know we're not very much into that stuff, so. Tell me about this thing you got going on. Here. Oh, my, your son, your, your kids are going to love man, this. Yeah, because I know they play their buddies, and they, I didn't even realize, uh, Merrill, that there was... Madden money and they play each other and I didn't even realize this stuff went on to be honest and they just line up and hawk products well you know we're not very much into that stuff so yeah I, I think Funhouse put that clip together it was, it's amazing like because that's what they do at Radio Row in the Super Bowl like I he, and then he probably told the story about how he invented Radio Row so it, it absolutely <laughs> went perfect for, for Mike it is it, it's entertainment at its finest certainly can we talk basketball now? Sure. Uh, can we go, Matt, Matt, because this is the deep dive on the X's and O's with Max. Like, Max, we're still entertained right now. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's, uh, I'd rather lose a game 99-94 in overtime, as they did to Illinois yesterday, uh, than to, you know, play these kind of 58-52 to kind of games uh, that we've seen them play over the last few years. But, you know, the, the defense wasn't great, but that was fun. Like, the, the team is fulfilling the expectations or the, the hope that at least I had for them, which was... Just don't waste my time. Uh, you don't have to win every game. Be competitive, and you know, save for maybe the Michigan game. They've been fairly competitive for what the last six or seven games, so that's been pretty encouraging to see. Mike, can you can you because you probably really weren't paying that much attention to to the game. Uh, uh, zero the attention, game. actually. Yeah, I was working. So I want you to uh, the big story out of that Rutgers Illinois game was uh, the freshman for Illinois, uh, Georgie uh, Bezhanis Vili. Max, how do you pronounce Bezhanis it properly? Vili? Uh, Beshanish Vili, I think. Yeah, Beshanish Vili. Yeah, Bes- Can you say this is your contribution? Okay, his name three times fast. What, what's his name? Georgie Beshanish Vili. No, let's just go with the last name. I'm pretty sure it's just Beshanish Vili. Beshanish Vili. Beshanish Vili. Beshanish Vili. And that was Illinois basketball with Mike. 
Thank you. I'm just. I wanted one of you guys to tell me that you you were confused and wondered how Best Hannes Vili came from uh, Georgia, the state. I want to know if one of you three would make that, that no. mistake. No, I was. Okay. I was. Is it Corey Sanders that's playing in like the Georgian professional basketball league? But yeah, with Bahanish Vili, uh, it didn't matter who Rutgers put on him, whether it was, uh, they, they tried Dorson, they tried Miles Johnson, they tried Shaq Carter. None of them could stop him. I want to say he had 27 of his points after halftime. At the end, they even tried playing Eugenio Marui at the five, which uh, also didn't work to stop uh, Bahanish Vili. He got back down pretty easily. Uh, but the guards all played well. Baker, Mathis, uh, Harper, and McConnell combined for 62 of the 94 points. Uh, they shot around 50%, uh, the four of them combined. Uh, they all played really well. Um, and we did see him try that small lineup uh, towards the end, which, which I thought was kind of encouraging. I don't know if it'll work with, with Eugenio Marie as the five, but it's good to see uh, Coach Peichel you know, trying some different things out. Uh, so that was pretty encouraging. But they have lost three straight, so that still sucks. Yeah, uh, they with the five that are left. I mean, they they've got a chance here. I think to to win one or two. I will it happen. I don't know, but if they play like they did against Illinois and keep us entertained, like again, I, I think that's a win for this year. We I haven't felt that like annoyed anger, like just disappointed loss um, in the last couple of years until this year. So that's just nice to have it back to feel like oh, I was I was entertained. I was vested in the game, and and, and they didn't win it and. Uh, and you were kind of disappointed. So instead of just completely ignoring it, so, um, which is fine. But it also brought me to like after the game, uh, again, with our text chain that we have sometimes, I think, you know, sometimes I, I do a bad job of implementing like a cool down rule as like a, the, the, the big Rutgers fan out of the three of us who just cannot control his emotions sometimes. It's best to just like chill and I don't understand how to do it. And I don't have a big brother. I have a, I have a little brother who's way like physically, bigger. physically way bigger than me. Um, but Max has kind of been playing like the big brother role to me like very well. And Max knows how to bother the shit out of me. He just knows how to, to poke and prod and annoy me when I'm just trying to like calm down after a game. And he did it again yesterday, Mike. He fucking did it again yesterday. Well, it's hilarious because I see the text afterwards sometimes. Like yesterday when I was done working, I think there was like 270 texts from you guys. And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not reading these. But like Max is so emotionally detached from this team. And it's so hilarious to just watch him poke and prod. Just all those those weak soft spots it's you too, have. It's two really bad extremes. So, th- so to kind of give everybody an idea what was going on, right? Game is going on. We're all, you know, Max, myself, and I, and the third member of Rutgers fan, Dan, um, all really vested in this game to a certain extent. Two of us like really want Rutgers to win. Max just wants to be entertained, which we're all good with. Um, I want them to win. I do. Did yeah. You, did you want? Did you want them to win, Max? I do. I do. Okay. All right. So game game ends, but right before the end of the game in overtime, it was ninety five ninety two. I believe Ron Harper missed that kind of pretty open three that would have tied it at ninety five. Uh, Eugene Omaruyi goes up for a rebound. He gets called for uh, a foul. It pretty much it, that that iced the game um, for Illinois. And I like right away. I was just like bullshit call shouldn't have been called like the the replay showed it to me like you're not going to convince me otherwise and when I give Max that opening he knows how to just go into attack mode and Max you did a a fantastic job annoying me yesterday all right so when it's a borderline call Mike and I think you're with me on this I find complaining about the referees to be the most boring uninteresting part of sports fandom right 
if I hear any more fans complain about getting a bad whistle or any of that crap, I just start rolling my eyes back because it's the stupidest reason to complain. Like, it, it's as if every game only comes down to that one play where you've got a bad foul call instead of taking ownership of how bad your team is instead. Anyway, go ahead. It's just so... And so if there's a borderline call, yeah, I'm going to take the other side just to get back at you for complaining about the referees in the first place. And I think that's fair. It, <laughs> it hurts. It like it, and and you know what was worse? I think so. So Max is. Can a very I read good job. some of these texts? By the way, yeah, I'm just looking yeah, at let's, my phone. Let's, let's let's get to that point right now. So, again, but hold on. In, in that case, I did think that there was a real case to call a foul on Eugenio Murray. Like I, I, I'm not saying it was it was a clear cut foul. I just think it was on the borderline, and in a situation like that, battling for a loose ball. You're going to get that call a lot where you put your hand up when the guy's kind of got his hands on the ball. But I can also see the other side. So this is me reading these for the first time because I didn't look at these yesterday. And this is like somewhere uh, midway or towards the end of the mania by now. And so I'll start with one of these from uh, Adam, 6.33 p.m. I thought they got two shitty whistles and key points where I would have liked them to play through. I was pointing them out in my view rather fairly. I just watched it again. It wasn't a foul. And then he sends a video that he took himself on his phone of of the play. And he goes, he didn't flail. He didn't body the guy at all. They both made fair contact on the ball. And then Max comes in after another text. He goes, hit him on the right arm. You're not going to have that call. That dude has his hands around the ball. Omarui puts his hand in there and makes contact. And, uh, you know, the other member of the section goes, dude, you're going to contrarian. We got it. And then Adam just totally just triggered at this point. I mean, you're just spewing nonsense. His hands are ready to catch it. He didn't. <laughs> and I could go on, but this is like, this is just great. I still stand by the fact that after watching that replay a thousand times, because it because Max made me so angry where I watched it a thousand times, where it's like by the end, you, you are so convinced. Like now I'm not even seeing what actually happened. I'm so angry by that point where I'm seeing something completely different than Max because I, he just has my mind in a fucking mental pretzel. <laughs> Look, man, all I'm going to say is this. The way that your fandom of Rutgers kind of, um, it manifests itself in, into weird, like, rage-filled moments, uh, like when you tore up the cushion during the Penn State game, or, yeah, during the Penn State game after the Failly special. And then here, where you just, like, you have to, you have to channel your rage, um about the bad call and about the loss by proving me wrong by sending us video taken with your phone like it was just great well because because usually i'm allowed to direct my anger at like players coaches like there's something very like that was a game where we were entertained we really did enjoy that game overall like it was just a fun basketball game to watch for like high scoring you didn't kind of know what was going to happen some crazy shots here and there so it was it was bad I didn't know where to direct my frustration afterwards because I obviously wanted them to to win that game badly because I I enjoy when Rutgers basketball is talked about positively and like we get to see some wins as as fans um Max does a great he's just so good at it It I'm I'm gonna make a poll right now just to like I'm gonna put it up even before this podcast goes up I'll leave it up for a day and a half question is simply did we get a bad whistle yes we got a bad whistle no stop complaining that's it well so we'll see what the people say um just one thing when you put up the poll change it to seven days instead of 24 hours 
Because like, or like one day. Because you, you, the default setting is one day. Because by the time this podcast is out, <laughs> the poll may be closed by that point. Because of, uh, it's going. All right. So, yeah. Good. Kudos to Matt. It, uh, uh, it's hysterical. Um, he, he's, he's very good at it. I, I honestly tip my cap to you. Look, man. I am not going to allow myself to be brought down by the uh, lack of wins by our athletic programs. I'm going to have fun no matter what. Will you ever – like I am genuinely curious. I think the answer is no. I don't ever envision you, Max, being somebody – if like either sport got like really, really good again. Like football, I'm saying top 15 and basketball like per, like years after years after going to the NCAA tournament. Like, Would you ever be invested like I am? You are so wrong about that. Like when these teams were good, and I that, I know that may, that doesn't make me a bandwagon fan because like he was a huge White Sox fan in college. He was like super into it, so he's capable of that level of emotional attachment. I, sorry, what were you saying, Max? When Rutgers was good, when I was a student and Rutgers was good, I was super into it, and I really want them to be good now. Like it's it's just that if they're bad, I'm not gonna let that get me down, man. Like in 2012, that Louisville game, I was pumped for that. Man. Like I was pumped for that whole game. Uh, that was probably the last time I really cared, just because I'm not going like I'm not going to invest myself when the team isn't kind of giving me reason to. So I'm gonna watch the games. I'm gonna be around, but. I'm going to have a good time no matter what. So like you're, you're wrong in saying that I won't be in, I would totally be invested. I've been joking with Rutgers fan Dan that when the men's basketball team gets to the NCAA tournament, we are getting on the first flight to Spokane. I will be there. Um, Cause you know, that's where Rutgers is going to end up. They're going to end up in the Spokane um, bracket or whatever. I, I don't care. I'm going to be there. I am a fan, but like, I'm also going to just laugh and have fun when they're not good. So Okay. I will maybe cry tears of happiness whenever I see you in person for the first time, just freak out on either like a bad call or just in general, like general anger from you uh, uh, on either that. Like I will be genuinely happy. I will say this. I don't remember Max at a point in his life anymore where he was like emotionally volatile like that. I just, I don't. Oh man. You don't remember me during the Bulls Cavs series in like 2015. Yeah, but I wasn't with you back then. You were probably watching it alone. You got a little heated when we did our Royal Rumble draft the other week. <laughs> yeah, I, I did do that. I did win that, by the way. I am the uh, the current... Uh... Yeah, not according to the stats. Yeah, I did, because Seth Rollins won. That's how I pulled it out. Oh, it was you. Oh, you pulled it out at the last minute. That's right. That's right. Sorry. Um, but one thing I did want to point out, if we want to get a little more self-involved, I think, Adam, the reason you think that is that like you and I didn't really become friends until the last three years or so so like none of Rutgers sports have been any good in that time so or like none of the big ones obviously so like you have would have no opportunity to really know that side of me yeah I can't remember I thought though correct me if I'm wrong Max I thought you and I were at the the only game that we sat together during our time at Rutgers if I recall was the Rutgers Louisville game at home where like Teal and them put up like 80 points and that was the Kenny Britt like crazy play right before the half and I just remember you freaking I thought it was you I like they called, freaking I think, out I think Max and another friend of ours called the game because I was on the he? sideline for that for WRCO oh it was because I heard Max's call oh I okay now I, I Max do you have that call you saved felt anywhere he was with you. I do have that call the only thing about it is and we can still play it anyway it's got rolling by Limp Biscuit in the background as the bed 
Oh, that's more reason to play oh, that, it. We're, insert, we're inserting that here. As Rutgers comes out of the field, three-man formation, they have Kenny Britt as one of the defensive backs standing on the goal line. Cantwell is going to heave it up. Has Beaumont and Beaumont! First half. Wow. Oh, that is wow. the hardest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you got, I and mean, that's just awesome. Um, okay, so yeah, we we really haven't had the opportunity to to do that. So we we have we you and I sat together for the Rutgers UConn homecoming game in two thousand eight, which I'm guessing you don't remember that much of because you were what like a sophomore, and I'm guessing at that point you were probably ingesting a little bit more liquids before the game than maybe you do now oh my god i probably had that's that's probably where like i thought it was fun to like wear bandanas and have like a faux hawk at it oh god was that a bad time i can i can rationalize the faux hawk i can't rationalize the bandana i'll be honest like cut off shirt like i had no muscles like it didn't matter anyway that was a bad 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 time make a poll is it okay to wear a bandana (laughs) oh i thought it was gonna be like is it okay to wear a cutoff shirt if you have like literally no muscle all of it. All of that. Just ask all of them. <laughs> oh, these are good We'll put times. these up when the when the pod goes up. All right, so we're, we're being pretty entertained for the most part from, from Rutgers basketball. So we'll see how these next uh, few weeks uh, kind of kind of shape shape up. Do um, we have a, um, a message board? Yeah, OT we need to. Let's finish it up with the RU Screw Pod. Let's uh, pick OT, one in real time. OT Thread of the Week. One thing I want to mention. One thing, real quick, um, and I, because I, I, I want to kind of throw the gauntlet down for this podcast, and I want to kind of force us to do this. I think that on our next podcast, we should get to know the women's basketball team more because they de- they deserve our fandom. They're going to be in the NCAA tournament. They're always good. Obviously, Vivian Stringer is the greatest coach that Rutgers has ever had in any sport, and like, and I'm guilty of this too, of not like paying attention to them and giving them the attention they deserve as a podcast we should start really getting into this team as much as we can uh so i think we should learn about the Rutgers women's basketball team a primer on them for us and for anyone who hasn't really been paying attention uh to get into the team going into the ncaa tournament i think we should make a just specifically a women's basketball only podcast like we've wasted enough time talking about the men's team and the football team enough like let's talk about the team that's good I don't know about that, an exclusive podcast, but just getting to know them a little bit, you know, I think that's fine. Okay. All right. We'll start slow. We'll, we'll, but we'll dip our toes in the water. All right. I was worried that you want to like talk about lacrosse or something. I would have resigned from this podcast. Watch yourself, Mike. You started a fight with lacrosse, I believe on the first, maybe episode zero. So we're not going to talk lacrosse here. Yeah. We're just going to, I didn't start a fight. I was plainly stating my opinion. Which is fine, which is fair. All of us, all three of us do all the time. All right, let's wrap this up with the uh, our again. Every once in a while, we pick a random off-topic OT thread on the message board. You can find those. I think they're on the free boards 
on uh, mainly on the football side. For those that are listening, you want to check it out on the night report. So we're doing this in real time. We have yeah. not seen any of the OT threads so far. We're going to get to like, I don't know, like four or five of them, and then what, we'll, we'll just pick one. When, when we see one that interests us, we'll okay. stop. First one, uh, well, everybody put this to a vote, and all three have to agree on this. We're okay. not even going to do two or three. Uh, first one, OT, 2019 PGA Tour thread. I say no, Mike. Uh. <laughs> No. Okay. Uh, OT baseball analytics. Um, let's let's hold off until spring training. Yeah, gets let's pass. Uh, I, I got to tell you, um, you know, OT crazy racing accident. Yeah, Max. What sounds kinds of interesting. Max, I'll read you the teaser. Want to see a crazy F three car accident in Macau from late last year? The driver flying through the airs seventeen and and female, and she is back racing after a broken neck. The wow, worst one I've a, seen. That took a really bad turn. Yeah. I don't know. That, that, that I feel like we'd be making fun really of something that's somebody. not funny. Um, uh, OT, RIP Frank Robinson. Max, your thoughts? RIP Frank Robinson. He was a great player. All I remember about Frank Robinson is he was the manager of that really cool Expos team that traded for Bartolo Colon and, like, was it Carl Everett? And they were kind of good, but they were sort of bankrupt. Um, that's all I really remember about Frank Robinson. I'm too, I'm too young to have watched him play. OT, Chris Cooper, just so we find out who Chris Cooper is. Uh, teaser, I'm walking my dog in the town forest. And that's an g- unbelievable sentence to start anything, by the way. So I'm kind of sold There's, on that. <laughs> I don't know, let's, OT, uh, NJ musical artists. Eh. Yeah. I, this, this one's, I think, the best one we've had yet. Go ahead, Adam. Uh, OT, potential winter storm for 212 to 13. Lots of uh, potential outcomes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm down I'm, to talk I'm weather. Max, I'm, I'm in. Uh, yeah, that's fine. You guys ever notice, like, when you were younger, you never talked about the weather, but as you got older, people have, like, less to talk about. So if it's, like, when it was really cold a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, how about that How about that weather out there? Like, the weather is always the default topic people to go to. Well, yeah, because it's like when you're caught talking to someone, you have absolutely no idea what to talk about. You just go, uh... Hi, hello. Uh, it's kind of cold, huh? By the way, if you have not, like, again, if you are not familiar with the message boards, like, there is some crazy big in-depth weather threads going on there's some people who are like they're either meteorologists or like they just want to be and it is it's wild they, i would i would take, take you on a ride i think if it was available i probably i would spend all my time on the night report weather message board like forget football forget basketball are, are you um, at either you two uh max i'll start with you are are like big snow people are you like over snow now that you're like an adult or no i love snow i, I get excited every time it snows max um well, first of all, Adam, you and I had like a bonding moment a couple of years ago where we both kind of, we both confessed, I guess, to like as kids, like watching the Weather Channel for hours on end, like they'd have that radar loop. That was like a, that was a good bonding moment. Yeah, I love, I love that. Oh, I could watch that all the time, especially like anytime a hurricane would pop up. Oh, give me the, give me the green thing that just the radar old school one that just keeps going. Like it's only like at that time it was like, you could probably like move like 15 miles now it's like, you know, they could do it like a time lapse of like a whole day. But that was, yeah, I was, I was a big uh, Jim Cantori uh, geek that back then. I, I always love all that coverage because it's like, all right, let's go out to Jim Cantore. He's out on the beach. Jim, what's it like over there? You know, it's really windy. Uh, it's raining. Uh, you know, you got all these sandbags and like he'll go on for like a minute or something and then they'll send it to somebody else who's like 10 miles up the coast and they'll say the exact same thing. Um, and that also happens with, go ahead. I, I gotta say, oh, I was I was gonna say I I want you know I want to say that mild one who's a Hall of Famer uh, says he's got his snowblower service earlier last fall, so he's ready for the snowfall if we get one. Who? 
It's it, Mr. He Plow. Was, he Mr. Was, Plow's ready to help us. Yeah, he was just reading somebody's name off off the boards there, which I, I don't know if we should do anyway. But um, <laughs> too late. Yeah, too late there by by Mike. We're past that point. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, I uh, as an adult, I hate snow. I, I work. I work. Why? In like, Why do you, how do you hate snow? Because I work two jobs where it does not matter if it snows. Like it would have to be. Yeah, me too, buddy. Right. So I. So I don't want my. I don't want to be inconvenienced, Max. I don't know what you think. Hold on, everybody. Okay, I want to call Mike out on a couple of things. First of all, Mike, you don't have to shovel snow, ever. You live in an apartment, you don't have to shovel snow. Yeah, I never said I did. Number two, what you also left out is that when you go to work, you you take the train, generally speaking, right? Like, you're, you're, you're taking this. Yeah, you know, that, that NJ Transit and that path is super reliable. But you don't have to drive in it and you don't have to shovel. So that, that matters. Okay, fine. Although I actually don't mind shoveling snow either. I used to do that a lot when I lived with my parents, though. Well, I, wait, does anybody actually enjoy shoveling? Like, shouldn't it just be as an, as no, an adult? No, I said I don't mind. As an adult, do you like snow? Yes. I think we should do that one. And I, I, I just, I'm over it. Like, I'm totally, like, put me out in San Diego or Miami. Or- here's, here's two reasons why snow is great. One, when you go outside and you're in the snow, sometimes it's fun, make snow angels. You kind of, like frolic around snow is a lot of fun just to walk through when it's you know the roads and the sidewalks are coated with it and two if you're more of an introverted type having a personal snow day where you stay in drink a beer some wine some whiskey make some food maybe order in a pizza exceptional i do teach part-time at a school so when it snows i don't have to work that particular job so that's kind of cool so like i think one of the things that happens actually when you have kids you hate snow days because then your kids are home and you don't get to send them to their like you know don't get to send them to school and get rid of them for six and a half hours because you secretly hate your kids or you need time away from your kids that should be a poll are you tired of your kids a lot, a lot of polls coming out of this episode for some reason. I would be very interested to there, see the now, result of that. Now, point. I will say there is nothing better. Like, yeah, snow as a kid is awesome, but snow as a college student is amazing. Oh, so good. Oh, we, we never told the story. What's the story? The, well, the, the short of the story is uh, freshman year, we're playing pickup football uh, behind the river dorms, and um, I ran into a snow penis. All that needs to be said, but there—I mean, seriously—when you had a snow day, which is rare, like Rutgers, like it—it it not happen often. I mean, it is—it is fun. It is—it is amazing. Remember that? Um, did any of you guys have any? Did any of you guys have any part in um that crazy blizzard, that Halloween blizzard? Um, where oh, the West Virginia game. Grab, I went to the game with a friend. We drove down. I don't. I mean, it was. That was nuts. That was bad. But that was after we had graduated already. Yeah, that was that was my first ever uh, snow like football game in the snow. Funny story. <laughs> we went to the game. We were sitting, I forget what section, but a section away from us, Mike Rice was there. In like, I think either, I, I just want to say just like a pair of jeans and like a t-shirt and just like a very loose sweatshirt. And I was like, this guy is nuts. And that proved to kind of be true. All right. I think we've kind of reached the end again. <laughs> Let's end it there. Well, this was fun. Um, now we'll, we give, we've given, uh, our listeners like three weeks in a row of, uh, of content. So I think we're really going to need to take like two weeks off. Like let's, yeah. let's, let's take the two weeks off and, uh, we'll come back at some point and, yeah. uh, and by then basketball, will have a couple more games under their belt. We'll come up with some ridiculous thing. And I need a couple weeks if we're going to do this women's basketball primer. So, 
uh, yeah, that was that was fun. I guess uh, I guess we'll see you then. Uh, nothing else really to say other than uh, Max. We'll uh, we'll see you later. Pay the players.